pause to consider. The podcast where you put your busy day on pause to consider spiritual encouragement and wisdom on your walk towards God's kingdom. Thanks for joining me. I'm Sam Taylor, here to get you thinking about the Word of God. In the early 1970s, Professor Walter Michel of Stanford University conducted one of the most well-known psychological studies of the 20th century. You may have heard of it called the Marshmallow Experiment or something similar. In this study, Dr. Michel and his colleagues tested the ability of young children between the ages of three and five to delay gratification by offering a simple test featuring, you guessed it, marshmallows. The researchers placed a single marshmallow in front of a child and told them they could eat it right away if they wanted to. However, if they waited 15 minutes, they would get a second marshmallow as a reward in addition to the first one. One treat now, or two treats later. Now, some of the children went for the marshmallow as soon as the researcher left the room. Others fidgeted anxiously for a while before giving in to temptation. And a few were able to wait the entire time, including one little girl that decided a nap was the best way to pass the time. And as these children grew up, the researchers tracked their progress and they came to a remarkable conclusion. The children that delayed their gratification to get that second marshmallow did better on exams, they were healthier, and they had better social skills than their peers that weren't able to wait. But were these children born with formidable willpower or was their environment also a factor? Long after that first experiment took place, researchers at the University of Rochester recreated it with one significant change. You see, the children in the first experiment from the 70s benefited by being shown through the researchers' behaviors that they were reliable in following through with what they said. In the new study, some children were supervised by a researcher that did not follow through with their promises. The children in that group well, they had no reason to trust their researcher based on their behavior. As a result, the children in that group were far less likely to wait for the second marshmallow. This updated experiment demonstrated that self-control is more likely to be influenced by your environment than necessarily by inherent traits. And unfortunately, our lives are more complex than those of small children waiting for marshmallows. For you and me, the rewards for our self-control and patience come over months and years instead of minutes. Even then, it's not a given whether our patience will pay off. Take dating, for example. What would you do if someone that was attractive and charming expressed interest in you right now, but they didn't share your long-term goals and values. Would you pursue companionship right away or hope for someone more compatible to walk in your life later on? It's a lot harder to answer when you're not sure when or if the second marshmallow will turn up. But choosing to be patient for a better outcome can mean the difference between a fulfilled relationship and heartache down the road. The art 
of delayed gratification is not only essential to success in life, but is a key component of a loyal follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. The life of a believer hinges on the belief that a better reward in the future awaits those that overcome the temptation of temporary satisfaction. But without self-control, we won't have the mindset to see past the desires of the here and now. The Apostle Paul emphasized its importance in Galatians 5, verses 16 through 24. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The Spirit is often used in the New Testament as a metaphor for the spiritual mind, or the mind of Christ. The fruit of keeping a Christ-like mind is the byproduct of imitating him. Yet this is not fruit plural of the Spirit, but fruit in the singular. The characteristics of Christ are not trail mix. We can't pick out the M&Ms and leave the raisins in the bowl. Every facet of the fruit of the Spirit is interconnected with the others. Self-control can either create or be an outworking of love or patience or any of the other qualities that make up the character of God and his Son. As Paul noted, the fruit of the Spirit and the desires of the flesh are diametrically opposed. It stands to reason, then, that if we are naturally of the flesh, that the mind of Christ is foreign to us until we're introduced to it. The qualities that make up the fruit of the Spirit, including self-control, are learned behaviors taught to us by a reliable authority figure that is our Heavenly Father. We are reminded of God's faithfulness in Hebrews 10, verse 23, where we are encouraged, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If the fruit of the Spirit is a learned behavior, then self-control is a learned behavior. And if self-control is learned, that means there's hope for us yet. Which leads to the all-important question, what can you and I do to improve our ability to delay gratification today? When the children that succeeded in delaying their gratification and the test waited, they were reported to verbally weigh out their choices, sing songs to themselves, 
do everything they could to get their minds off the temptation at hand, whether it was present or not. The same can be helpful for us. When we are tempted with impulsive pleasures, it's not enough to think about not thinking about them. That still keeps a temptation at the forefront of our minds. Even though life seems to move so quickly, disengaging from the moment may help to develop patience and self-control. Taking time to dwell on spiritual things or listen to spiritual music can also shift our focus towards the long term. When envisioning your future goals, it's important to not get overwhelmed by the chasm that separates where you are and where you want to be. Delayed gratification is a result of practiced discipline. Take small, measurable steps every day. Remind yourself that you're not just saying no to temptation as much as you are saying yes to what God has in store for you, even as he has so much in store for all those who love him. To wrap up our thoughts, let's consider the faithful example of Abraham, Sarah, and all those who follow in their footsteps of faith in Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 16. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them, and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For the people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Thank you for listening to another devotion on Pause to Consider. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you share it with your friends and your loved ones. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you can get updates when new episodes are published, and leave a review or share a recommendation on social media or on your preferred podcast streaming platform. If you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear it. You can email me at pause to consider podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow my Facebook and Instagram pages for updates or ask any questions. But above everything else, I hope this episode was helpful for you. And I pray that God will be with you until we meet again, whether on our next episode or in God's kingdom. God bless. Thank you for listening to Pause to Consider. 
I'm Levi, and I wanted to be sure you've heard about a few other podcasts in the WCF network. I am actually one of the co-hosts on a show called A Little Faith, where we explore faith breakdowns and buildups with different people who have very powerful stories to tell. That's A Little Faith. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or our website, WC Foundation. Dot org slash podcasts. Have a great week.